God releases an anointing to do a particular thing on a woman, that anointing remains, and it's up to us to seize it and allow the Holy Spirit to help us to do whatever He's called us to do. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Missy Montgomery, and today I'm very happy to be joined over the phone with Frida White. How are you doing today, Frida? I'm doing great. Thank you. Of course. Well, we're so happy that you're going to be joining us today and talk a little bit about your book, A Woman God Can Use. First of all, that is an amazing title right there. I'm sure that is going to grab people's attention right off the bat. Um, But before we dive into that, let's just talk a little bit about you and have our listeners get to know you. So just let us know um, what you've been up to just so we can get familiar with you. Thank you. Um, I've been in ministry over 40 years. My husband and I pastored in El Dorado, Arkansas for four years. Then we traveled uh, throughout the western and southern United States teaching. And then we have been the pastors, lead pastors of Liberty Church in Cleveland, Texas for almost 34 years. Oh, wow. Long time. I'm I'm vintage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it doesn't show. Well, you're, you you would have to look at me to judge that, but thank you. Of course. So let's talk a little bit about your book, A Woman God Can Use. And before the show, you were telling me that this book is actually kind of a rewrite of a book that you released years ago that was only 70 pages. So talk a little bit That's about right. the transition from that book previously into this book now. Uh, I would be glad to. Uh, The original book dealt with women in ministry, Mm -hmm. and our daughter, who graduated from Oral Roberts University, will one day be the lead pastor of our church. Oh, wow. And so she had asked me to, Mama, I need you to redo your original book. And I was visiting with some pastor friends um, in Southern California, and they strongly encouraged me, and one of them uh, Pastor Bayless Conley said, Frida, if you'll redo it, I'll write the forward. And he has a very large church in, in Cypress, California. So I began the process of redoing the book. And what I have done is I've taken 16 women from the Bible and compared them with 16 women throughout history that carried a similar anointing. Because I believe once God releases an anointing to do a particular thing on a woman, that anointing remains, and it's up to us to seize it and allow the Holy Spirit to help us to do whatever he's called us to do. And that's why the name now is A Woman God Can Use, because it took the anointing of God to fulfill their assignment from heaven. Very interesting. And, you know, you mentioned that you took 16 women. Tell us a little bit about, because I know you've um, talked about Joan of Arc and Harriet Truman. So tell us, uh, just kind of give us one of those women and kind of just to kind of explain their story and that impact of, you know, that anointing that God had on them. I would be happy to. um, uh, For instance, uh, the first one you mentioned is um, Joan of Arc. And uh, when the publishers uh, put it together, they actually put a um, photo or a relief cover image. It's from a relief from an etching that depicted Joan of Arc praying for France. And mm-hmm. so what I did was that woman was incredible. Joan was. Of course. And with her faith, um, she was persecuted strongly, betrayed by men that she assisted. And so she led the armies of France in the battle and was very victorious. 
And so it took an anointing of God for her to do that. And I compare her with with Deborah because they were both women that God anointed to lead men into battle, and they were both successful. And so the the uh, the sad thing is, though Deborah, who was a judge and a, a prophetess, um, and ruled for forty years in Israel, a whole lifetime, everyone in Israel knew this woman to be their leader, and they fully accepted her. But when she went to battle, her general said, I won't go to war without you, because she carried an anointing from heaven, and he recognized that. Mm -hmm. And so when I began to pray as I was writing, Joan of Arc was the natural one that came up because she was a young lady um, that God began to minister to, and she was very devoted to the Lord. And so she was given um, insight into who um, was supposed to be in authority, that was to be the king in France, and she was willing to do what God had called her to do. And she was very victorious, and the English hated her, and they said, if we catch you, we'll burn you at the stake. And when she was caught, the men that she had helped and, and um, given sound counsel to, they knew she heard from God, they just absolutely abandoned her. And so she was brought to trial, and then she was burned at the stake, and her last words were Jesus. Wow. And to me, that is um, an incredible thing that a young woman in that day and age could have uh, been so sensitive to the Spirit of God that she tapped into God's wisdom, and even though it cost her her life, she held fast. She never recanted. She never, um, you know, backed off and compromised her core convictions. And in our day and age, we need women to rise up with that same anointing. We sure do. We don't compromise. We sure do. That's very powerful. And, you know, you talked about her being in this position of authority. And obviously you discuss it in your book. But just, you know, for our listeners right now, do you believe that it's scriptural for women to be in a position of authority? I do. I do. And what I've done is I I start at the beginning where in the beginning God created them, male and female. And he told them, plural, man and woman, to have dominion, to rule. And I believe we are to rule with the words that we speak. Mm -hmm. And because Eve did not rule, she caved in when the enemy offered Mm -hmm. her a better idea. You can be like God. And Adam was standing, her husband was standing right there with her. He he should have knocked that fruit out of her hand and said, no, sir, we will not listen to your words because she was deceived. And so the curse came upon them. And the curse that came upon the woman was now you're going to have to have your husband rule over you. But I don't believe that was God's original plan. Mm -hmm. And so throughout the scriptures, I began to look for women that God could use. So if there was a blanket statement that God would never use a woman, then why did he use women throughout the scripture? Hmm. And then when we get to the New Testament, we began to look at what Paul had to say. And I think one of my favorite passages is in the last of Romans, Romans 16, 
where Paul begins to command some women that were fellow ministers with him. And so if he was completely opposed to a woman standing in a position of authority in the local church or speaking into the lives of men, why would he have commended these individuals? Why would he have recommended their ministry? And so what I did was I began to go back into church history and read the the writings of um, St. John Chrysostom and Theophilac and all of these old uh, church fathers to see if, if they said anything about these women in the Bible, and they did. And so I thought, well, somewhere we've gotten things goofed up in the United States, because throughout the world, they don't have this problem. Right. I've, I've ministered in 14 nations, and and I was received, whether it was the, um, uh, an Anglican church, a Baptist church, uh, they didn't care. They welcomed me with open arms. But in the United States, it's completely different, or has been. It's changing. Right, but yeah. when I first started ministering, it was unheard of. Right, and as you mentioned, you know, we're seeing that change, that rise in women. So how do Absolutely. you think your book is going to impact women of faith, you know, to find their identity in Christ, but also, you know, be a woman God can use? Well, the response that I've had so far um, from some young women who have written reviews on the book or who have contacted me or have Mm -hmm. ordered copies have been that it was very liberating to them. Wow. Because they believed the lie that if they served in the church, it could only be with the children in the nursery, or they could cook a favorite dish for the visiting evangelist, Mm -hmm. but they could never be in a position of um, speaking to the congregation. And so I appreciated when women are in their 20s and 30s and they're willing to listen to this old woman who's 70 (laughs) that says, you know what, you can do it. God has called you. He's anointed you. He has a plan for your life. And you are very much equipped if you've spent time you prepared yourself, you, you lead a clean life, and you prepared yourself in the Word, God will use you. And um, so it's been very heartwarming to me to see their response, that they felt liberated and empowered, and I deal with all of the issues in the New Testament where, you know, men would say, you can't do this, you can't speak. Mm-hmm. And what do you kind of, from your perspective, see God doing in the church, you know, today with women and men? I believe he's restoring what was lost in the very beginning. I believe his ideal plan is for um, a man and a woman to flow together as husband and wife and to, because they come from different perspectives, and for them to flow together in agreement and harmony in the church and I, uh, my husband and I have pastored our church here for almost 34 years. And so this is a southeast Texas town mm-hmm. and a lot of southern um, traditional thinking. But yet there's so many men that will come up to me after I've ministered. I just spoke this last Sunday and say, oh, my goodness, I'm so glad you were ministering today. And so they have received the ministry through the years. And when our daughter ministers... Uh, they will stand and give an ovation to her because she's very articulate and she communicates well. So that's God's plan. He wants us to be be together in unity and one accord 
because we each one have a part to play in bringing forth the gospel to see men and women saved and and uh, receive everything that he has for them in their lives. And what kind of perspective do you see from like the single women, you know, trying to make that impact as well in the church? What do you think their role is? I, I believe it's vital. I believe it's absolutely vital. We have several young women in their 20s and 30s that have gone off and uh, grew up in our church and then ran off and graduated from college and have come back. And um, they're either working on their graduate degrees or they're they're working at a secular job or they're volunteering in the church. Uh, vital. And I so appreciate their, their um, enthusiasm. And if we don't allow that to come to pass, the church will die. Mm-hmm. And so we have to make room for the younger women to rise up, and they need role models of those of us that have walked before them that says, we, we paid a dear price back in the day right. to speak. And um, I, I won't even tell you the hate letters and the, <laughs> <laughs> the craziness that, that people, narrow-minded thinking. Of course. And, and yet I'll say, I will stand with you, and I will share with you what the Word says, and we will learn to... Together. And so I think that's where we need the older women to train the younger women. This is how you do it. You're going to have to keep yourself clean, have mm-hmm. clean living, and then be well prepared. And then when you speak, it doesn't matter who's in the audience. They will receive. That is true. That is so true, Frida. And I appreciate you sharing a little bit about your book today. And for our listeners that are interested in reading A Woman God Can Use, tell us where they can pick up that book and also be in contact with you. Okay. Um, it's on Amazon, and um, the easy way to do is um, just type in my name, Frida, that's F-R-I-E-D-A-C, White, and um, on Amazon, and it will, it will pull up um, my book, and uh, I have three on Amazon right now. Or you can go to my website, which is FridaWhiteMinistries.org, and that's, again, F-R-I-E-D-A, white, W-H-I-T-E, ministries.org, to get other information. And you can also uh, download a free chapter, the first chapter, and um, you can also read the endorsements or any information that you'd like before you would want to buy the book. But it's over 200 pages, and it's full of women um, from the Bible compared with women in history. And a lot of these women have been lost. We didn't Mm -hmm. realize what they have done for us so that we could enjoy the freedom we have today. That is true. Well, thank you again for joining us today and sharing your message. And I do hope that our listeners will go out there and uh, pick up your book and be inspired. So do you mind closing us out in prayer today? I would love to. Father, we just come before you today thanking you that you love us and that you have a good plan for our lives. And Lord, I just pray for those that are listening today that may have sensed that you were calling them to uh, minister for you that you would call them to be a woman God can use. In whatever vocation, whatever place they are in their life, Lord, I ask you to equip them with your anointing. I ask you to give them the the strength to stand in the last day, to not compromise their core convictions. And Lord, we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Frida White, author of A Woman God Can Use. I'm Missy Montgomery, and this has been Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. 
Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.